Hello, listeners, and thank you for tuning in to this special live episode of Renoites. As you may know, the normal season of Renoites is over. We're taking a little bit of a break for the holidays, but we did record a couple live episodes before the season ended, and this is one of them from a couple weeks ago with Black Ice, the UNR Women's Ultimate Frisbee team. This was recorded live at Black Rabbit Mead, and I'm excited to share it with you. We had a great panel of guests from the team talking about the sport of Ultimate Frisbee, their experience on the team, and so much more. Really fantastic episode, so thank you for tuning in. There will be another previously recorded live episode out sometime in the next couple weeks, and perhaps some special episodes between now and when the show comes back in January. If you have suggestions for guests, please let me know. I am in planning mode in the next couple months for future guests. Shoot me an email, Connor, C-O-N-O-R, at renoites.com. And now this week's episode recorded live at Black Rabbit Mead with Black Ice. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, everyone here at Black Rabbit Mead. Tonight we are doing a live taping of a local podcast called Renoites. If you are not familiar with the show, let me tell you a little bit about it. My name is Connor McQuivy. I started the show about two and a half years ago. We've done a little over 100 episodes. It's a general interest, local, long-form interview show, so I do a little bit of everything, some like news and politics, arts and culture, and for about a year, a little bit over a year, monthly, we've done live episodes here at Black Rabbit Mead, which has been a really fun experience to have a different environment, to have a live audience. We'll do a Q&A at the end, so think of questions that you might want to ask to some of the members of the team up here. If you enjoy the show, whether you're here in the audience or you're listening at home after the fact... This is a listener-supported, community-oriented podcast. I don't do ads and sponsors. It is really funded by listeners. So if you appreciate the work that we're doing and you want to support it, you can go to patreon.com slash renoites. That's a way to support the work that we're doing here. And I'm very excited to have members of the UNR Women's Ultimate Frisbee team. Let's give them a big round of applause. we got a full panel up here. we got a full stage. And I'm very excited to learn about Black Ice and Ultimate Frisbee. I am a complete novice at all of these things. So some of these questions might be 101 level for folks in the audience. I'm sorry if you are experienced ultimate players and you're going to have to hear some of the basic stuff. But I'm excited to learn about uh, how the team came about and what you're all doing. So to start, let's just have you introduce yourselves. Can we go around the the table here and uh, just tell me your name and how long you've been playing ultimate and what position you play, what you do on the team? I'm Mary Klingerman. I've been playing for about three to four years now, if that's about right. Um, I'm currently a captain. I'm Katie Mills. I've been playing for 11 years now, and I'm coaching the Black Ice women's team at UNR and get to play um, on cutthroat in the community as well. Hi, my name's Ashlyn. Currently, I'm a captain and the treasurer of Nevada Women's Ultimate, and I've been playing, this is my third year now playing. I am Jordan Rood. Um, This is my third year as well playing. And I am a captain and president of the team right now. Hey, uh, Morgan Greenwood. I've been playing for about 15 years. Um, and yeah, I've played and coached and captained and done a lot of stuff for Reno. <laughs> awesome. uh, I'm Phoebe. I actually no longer play Frisbee because I started playing about 18 years ago. Uh, so I probably played for about 14 years and I was one of the founding members. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you so much for taking the time. So as I said, we're going to start with the very, very, very basic. What is Ultimate Frisbee? For people who are not familiar with the sport, I know it is not Frisbee golf. That is a completely different sport, and I know people often mistake them. So if you're thinking of Frisbee golf, it is not that. 
Is it like soccer? Is it like football? Is it, uh, I know it's a field sport. For people who know nothing about it except that you throw a Frisbee, can you just give us a quick rundown of what sports it looks like and kind of how you play? How many people are out there? So Ultimate Frisbee kind of took a lot of things from every sport. It's a bit of a hybrid of everything. So you play with seven on seven. Uh, you score in an end zone. Once you grab the disc, you have to stop running. You throw it to another person and you're just trying to work it down the field and score in the other end zone. So yeah, it is a quick pace, lots of sprinting, lots of throwing. It's a very exciting game because the disc flies and hovers in the air. So you get to make big plays. There's called a layout where you leave your feet and go flying through the air to get it. So it's a very fun sport to watch. How physical of a game is it? I know it's not technically a contact sport or not supposed to be. But what does that look like when you're out on the field and like there's is there blocking and interceptions and how how physical does it get? I would say it kind of depends on who you ask. It is a non-contact sport, but there are some people when you play good defense, you're constantly up against the person you're on. You're making sure they don't leave your sight, they don't leave your area of awareness. But there are fouls where if you're getting too physical, people will call fouls on you to keep that awareness of the game that it is non-contact. Where do you play? Do you play indoors, outdoors? Is it uh, it's the size of a football field, right? It's a 100-yard field. Uh, where do you play as a team and where uh, ultimate teams generally play? The teams here in Reno mostly play outdoors. We don't have a lot of good indoor space here locally. Uh, and most of the community plays outdoors on a football field or a soccer field or any field you can find. There are indoor leagues, which would be a lot of fun, <laughs> but we don't have them. Is there a reason that there's not an indoor league here? Is it there's just not enough awareness of the sport? And is that something they're hoping to to work towards? Reno has the problem of being a little short on sport facilities in general. Um, there's not a lot of indoor spaces to play, and if there are, they're expensive. So we're classically a pretty cheap <laughs> sport. We don't like to spend money. So right. Speaking of the cost of playing a sport, are there additional pieces of equipment beyond a frisbee or is this just you can take a frisbee and i guess some cones maybe out to a field and play is that how it works yeah absolutely the only other piece of equipment that you need is cleats it's very vital mm. or else you probably can't cut very well can't score very quickly all you need though is a disc some cleats and some friends to play it's really easy Gotcha. Are there like specialized skills? I know with different sports, sometimes you have to be really good at one particular thing. Is it a benefit to be really fast or to be basketball? You should be really tall, right? <laughs> like, what are the things that help someone be good at ultimate besides just that competitiveness or that desire to win? In my opinion, it, it could be a number of things. Being fast is very nice, but if you're fast, but are not aware of where the disc is. That's also not a great thing to have because if you're on defense and your offender just goes deep and you're like, where's the disc? Then you've lost them. You're a step behind. Um, so I would say that probably one of the most important skills is field awareness and being able to know where you are on the field, where the person you're guarding is and where the disc is on the field. Um, yeah. Adding to that, I like the field awareness, just mentality. There's people I know who are shorter than someone they're defending and they still catch the disc because they know the game and they know how to position themselves against their defender in a way that they get the disc instead of them. So it's just no matter short, tall, fast, slow, long arms, short arms, whatever your characteristics are, you can use it to make you a better player once you know what you got and you use it for your benefit. Katie, you're the current coach of the team, right? I'm one of the three current coaches, yes. Oh, gotcha. Tell me about coaching an ultimate team. What is that like and kind of why did you decide to help coach the team and what's the experience like coaching a team of ultimate players? 
it's one of my favorite things in the world to do, first of all. It's a lot of fun. But coaching Ultimate has changed a lot over the years, and it depends on the team that you talk to. I know when Morgan and Phoebe were playing, a lot of teams didn't have coaches, and having a coach kind of came across as a bit of a weak move in some ways. So we, More of a desperate move when we were trying to get coaches. Yeah. Yeah, it's taken a lot of work to build the community to a point where we have people willing to do this. So it's cool that we have so many, that the team has three right now who love doing it, that the men's team also has three or four who love doing it. But it's great. It's really fun to coach at the college level because you get all of these women coming in. Nobody's played ultimate before. Hardly anybody's played ultimate before college. So they come in, they haven't played this sport. A lot of them have never played a sport at all. And the movement is new putting yourself out there in this way is new. Everybody looks stupid when they start, and sometimes for 11 years you still look stupid, speaking from experience. So it's fun to watch people come out of their shells and be willing to learn this and go from being like nervous and scared and bad at running to being real athletes and confident women. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. Can someone tell me more about that experience of it as a, a beginner's sport? Because I know a lot of sports are harder to pick up than others. Can you talk a little bit about the experience of being a beginning player when you first started playing Ultimate? Yeah, so I know when I first started, it was kind of like, had no clue, because it's different, but similar to every other sport, but you still have to make minor changes for your movements. It's very different of how you run on the field, how you cut. I know practice makes perfect, because even like with your IQ, it's hard to get there, to know where to go, know what to do as a handler. So it just takes time get, getting through it, but you have to keep with it to keep, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, you mentioned that it's new, a lot of new players who have never played Ultimate before. Are all of you athletes in other sports before you played Ultimate, or was this kind of your first sports experience? What's your background in sports before coming to Ultimate? Before I came to college, I had played softball for 14 to 15 years of my life. I didn't choose to play it in college because it's too demanding and I wanted a life outside of sports. But I heard about Frisbee. My friend at the time was playing Frisbee and really got me invested in it. And I came out and I was still a competitive person who needed that outlet, that community. And the ultimate community is unlike any other sports community. And I've been in several of them. And it's just, it's not toxic. I've been in girls sports communities where it's toxic, there's drama. There's no drama. It's amazing. It's the most supportive community you could play sports in. Everyone's out there to have fun and win, but like we all love each other and like have the best time of our lives while we do it. Yeah, tell me more about that, the culture of the sport and kind of the the welcomeness and the inclusivity. I, the only other sports episode I've really done was with Sierra Regional Roller Derby, which has, <laughs> that has, there's a, a whole association of kind of characteristics and attitudes. It's kind of punk rock. It has its own, uh, its own culture that is very distinct and well-known. For folks who are not that familiar with the culture of Ultimate, I think of it very much as a, a college sport. I don't know why that is, but just like media or something, I think that, oh yeah, Ultimate's something that college people play. Can you just talk a little bit about the culture of the sport and kind of your experience with it as a, you know, what people know of it or think of it? I didn't play team sports before I found Frisbee. And when I found Frisbee, there was only a men's team. And the culture that I found on that men's team was that it was welcoming to women and it just wanted to grow and build and it was very supportive and it was very kind and then I played on a women's team for a tournament and it was so fun it was so amazing that I was like okay we have to start a women's team that's it this is what I want to do and I don't think that given like my lack of experience and the time demand and everything else I don't think I would have continued to 
push for the team to continue existing. I mean, we went to tournaments with less women than you need to play a mm. game. In my time at UNR, I don't think we won a single game. How, do, how does that work when you go to a tournament but you don't know the players? We found other you people to play. <laughs> yeah, we just found other people that were playing on other teams. Berkeley had like three million women that played on their Frisbee team. And they're like, here, take some of ours. It's fine. I don't think that this team would have been started had we not really loved the culture. So that's the foundation is that it, the culture was so amazing and the, the friendships were so incredible and the sport was so fun that we just kept losing until we got you guys got to a place, not me, where you started doing well and succeeding at the sport as well. Yeah. How has that happened over those years? Have you gotten better as a team? Have you recruited better players? Is it the coaching that helps? Is kind of what's the story of uh, Black Ice over the years? I've been now playing, I'm a junior now in college, and I've been playing since my freshman year, and we've progressed an unbelievable amount. I just remember my first year, we were still really good. I thought we were still awesome. We did great. We won our first tournament, Chico, and we just kept getting better, but then I played my second year, and now I'm coming into my third year, and each year, more girls join, and they just find a space that's really welcoming, and we try to make it welcoming um, without any pressure or anything. And I just see us breaking seed in regionals and keep going to regionals because I know it's pretty new that we go to regionals and hopefully defeating bigger teams like UC Davis and even competing with maybe even Stanford at this point. Yeah. Tell me about the structure of it. So is it not and it's not one of the sports through the university? It's separate, right? Or what's the kind of the structure of the, the league and who do you play against and what does that all look like? We are still Division One, but we are a club sport, so we play with other clubs. UNR almost has no real affiliation with us except giving us funding for tournaments. We don't put their name on our uniforms, um, only if they're approved. We're named Black Ice. We're not named UNR Nevada Wolf Pack. It's pretty separate. It's good and bad at times, but so far just a club, but a very competitive club now, I have to say. He's part of the plan to to grow and continue and what does that look like in other universities and other colleges as far as that being a sport in kind of the bigger university environment we have big goals for our team the best part about ultimate is pretty much every college has an ultimate frisbee team all across the country it's a sport that's played worldwide not just here there's club we get emails from england to go play in england tournaments but our team really has good goals there's teams in our area that are a lot better than us they get better recruits, they get better players, and we're like, our goal is to beat this team. And it gives us a good goal, we work towards it, and it's something that pushes us to get recruits, to give them something that's like, this is our step towards the next thing for our club, for our team. Have you, you've been winning recently, right? Can you tell me about your kind of recent record and, and how things are going on the team? Yes, so we just had our first tournament of the season this past weekend. It was at Chico. And we won five out of seven of our games. And two of them were on universe points, which were huge games for us. One was against Santa Cruz, and the other was against Santa Clara. And that was one of our biggest goals, to be competitive with them, and then moving towards some of the bigger schools and working hard to compete with them as well. In starting the team, so uh, Morgan and Phoebe, you started the team, right? Can you tell me a little bit more about the earliest days of the team and when you first got started? And introducing this sport to the community and what that was like and your experience with that? 
Yeah, so when I joined, it was, uh, and same with Phoebe, it was a men's team, and it was at the time called Open, so you just anyone could play and compete. Yeah, we would just play against guys, and it was very, at least our team, the UNR team, was very open and welcoming and very inclusive, and it was awesome. We had a, it was, it felt like a family, but like Phoebe said, it felt like once we actually played a tournament where we actually did a hybrid team with Berkeley, because we had a friend there, uh, and played a women's tournament, it felt like something we really wanted to pursue and so we started to recruit as much as we could get any friend we knew that would be slightly interested in playing ultimate and just scrape together seven people to play in our first real tournament and one person dropped out so we had six people and it was still okay we borrowed a player every single game from the other team and they were so awesome every single time the team was ready to go gave us somebody they were so excited to play with us so it was a slow start (laughs) yeah it was a slow start and you know i think The transition of playing from men's to starting women's team, I just really want to clarify that Morgan and I did not struggle to play against other men. (laughs) It was not about playing against other men and it being more challenging. Men and women have more in common than they do different, and women can compete against men. Morgan and I have done it our entire Frisbee careers. The difference is that men really hate being beat by women. (laughs) And there's a, a sense of toxicity in that regard. And playing on a women's team, I think the what I hear is the central theme in regard to everyone's experience with the UNR women's team is that it's a really meaningful experience. It's supportive, it's encouraging, we're all growing together, and the women that you play against are also really fantastic. So it's a much more competitive environment as a woman and also a lack of toxicity. So I just have to say, once again, like this team wouldn't be a team without the men that were there at the beginning to be incredibly inclusive and supportive. So it was really fun. You know, it was hard, but it was fun. And we were scrappy and we figured it out. You know, seeing where the women's team is now makes all of that completely worth it. And I'm so happy for you guys to see that you're going to regionals. I'm so jealous. (laughs) Yeah, what's that like seeing the team you kind of started grow up into what it is now? I don't know. I I was like at UNR for way too long. Can I just say that? (laughs) And I think it was because I didn't want to like leave the Frisbee team. And I was worried what would happen to it if I left. But then I realized that Morgan is way better at a lot of things than I was. Way more organized faster, stronger. And so I knew it would go in the right direction with her. And so it's touching. I'm very like excited to see it turn into something that's like a real genuine program and you guys are just crushing it. So it's good. And it's also exciting to see each generation make it their own. The team has changed names throughout the years. Its identity has changed, and it, but it's for good reasons. And each year the team is just taking over, making this really incredible community that is just growing stronger and stronger every year. So, so excited to see that. Awesome. Yeah, you mentioned that the men's team was supportive in the beginning. What's that like now? Is there still a men's ultimate team? Do you ever, I don't are there co-ed games? What does that look like now? currently with the men's men's team and the women's team? Our connection with the men's team is as close as it has ever been, most likely, from my experience on the teams. The last couple years, we've really done so many team bonding events with both teams. Every Friday, we do co-ed scrimmages. We have events right now called Kane's Cup. We have drafted teams that are mixed teams. We compete against each other. 
on Monday night, we just all got food at this place called Pub and Sub together. We played pool, we drank, we went and go play kickball together. It's the most inclusive we've ever had between the men's and women's team. And it's so amazing because at tournaments, we'll watch their game and cheer them, cheer them on when we have time. And they'll make time to come watch us and cheer us on. And it just shows how inclusive the sport is as a whole. It's just the healthiest sport. Everyone's there for the love and for the people. Every team shows that. I want to make a plug for Ultimate after college here a little bit because one of the cool things about this sport is we do have a really thriving post-college community. Most sports, you kind of play in high school and maybe you play in college and then you get to play Wednesday night once a week, you know, if somebody can babysit your kids. Ultimate Frisbee has a much broader community than that. We have here in town a club team that Morgan was central to starting called Cutthroat Ultimate, which is some of these college players, Mary and Ashlyn, have played on the team. But also we have people in their 30s playing on this team. In the community, we have people in their 70s who come out and play Ultimate. And Cutthroat is a mixed team. So similar to the Open that Phoebe and Morgan played on, it's men and women playing together against other teams that have men and women playing together. And it is a very cool experience. Um, yeah. So you mentioned the post-college ultimate experience. What do you think it is about this sport in particular? You all seem to really love the sport and you talk a lot about the community and the supportiveness and the inclusiveness. Is there anything about the sport in particular that you think lends itself to that? Like, why is ultimate a more inclusive or more welcoming sport than other sports? Um, I think spirit of the game is a huge factor in that. So we don't have referees in this sport. Um, you are kind of trusted to be a good person when you play Frisbee. If you make a bad play, someone can call you on it and you have a discussion about that. So you are your own referee and you have to advocate for yourself and for your teammates to make sure that people are staying true to the spirit of the sport. So Can that's you tell huge. me a little bit more, more about that? Because this was the first time I've heard of a sport that doesn't have a ref. The, the spirit of the game, the idea is that you just self-police on the rules. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I've never heard of that in a sport before. I'm still stuck on the last question because I think the reason to answer your last question is that Ultimate Frisbee is inherently a little dumb. <laughs> but the answer is also that all sports are a little bit dumb. It's all just a silly game that we play to entertain ourselves. Remind me again what your most recent question was? Spirit of the game. Oh, spirit of the game. It, it's unique. And I cannot play another sport without calling myself out. There's a certain personality that attracts. And I think that people that get really competitive and really struggle with that, which does exist at an upper level, um, they have to learn how to cooperate. There is a lot of personal skills, personality skills. Is that a term that you learn just from having to make determinations on if that was right or wrong, if that was acceptable, especially when you're exhausted and you're having to <laughs> like recover from sprinting and also think about other times that I accidentally plowed someone over and called a dumb foul and then she called me on it and I had to stop and think and say like no you're right this is the way that the rules are it's incredible I think all sports should do that have you found players that come from other sports and are not familiar with this spirit of the game idea to learn that they like it and to kind of adapt to it and enjoy it as a different way of doing sports than they're used to so I'll say I came from riding the bench in high school soccer. <laughs> and high, even at the high school level for soccer, there's this attitude of either you're really good or you're going to learn how to take a dive, you know, and get calls. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's the attitude. Coming into a sport where there's no expectation that you will find a way around the rules. You're not expected to trick anybody. And in fact, if you do, it's frowned upon by your entire team. 
Nobody on your team is out there saying, we hate this other team, they're the worst, and we're going to come mess them up and never be friends with them, don't talk to them. That is not at all the attitude in Frisbee, and that carries over onto the field. But it is difficult for some people coming from competitive sports to adjust to that entire attitude of you are not trying to trick the ref. You are the ref, and you have to own up to that honesty. I think Mary can talk to that. Um, a big thing with that, too, is you have to know the game. There's no one who's going to fight your battles for you. It also pushes you to learn the sport in a way that in other sports and there's refs, you can play the game without knowing the rules. You can get away with stuff because someone else is going to check you back if you do something that's illegal. But in this game, if it's players or yourself, and if no one does that, it's going to get out of hand. But usually there's another player who knows the game better than you. And then it's a good learning opportunity. When I was a rookie and I had to call fouls, I was terrified to do it because I was like, I don't know the rules, but like I knew that wasn't okay. So I'd just be like, foul. And then you talk about it. You have a civil discussion on the field. And it's a learning opportunity that teaches you more about the game than having a ref there who just knows the rule book and says, you broke this rule number. Have you found it challenging sometimes to be the ref if you came into the sport not planning to be the ref? Yes, I would say that's one of the most difficult things when starting this as a sport is you don't know when to call things. And when you do, you don't know if you're like confident enough to call it in front of all these other veterans that have been playing a lot longer than you. But that just comes with experience. And I feel like it's a lot better because it immerses you more into the game because you know a lot more of what's going on because you're calling everything that's on the field and talking to everybody about it. Um, tell me about the USAU. So that's like the organization that you're a part of. Can you just speak a little bit about kind of what the organization is and how, how it works and kind of where you rank in it? I don't, I don't know anything about sports leagues. So can you kind of explain the structure of that? Yeah, so it's every year around winter semester, we have to tell our rookies, hey, you actually have to pay a little more for this sport than you realize. It's <laughs> We usually, dues are usually 60 per semester. They go to the team. They help with uh, hotels, gas, snacks, um, everything like that. But you also have to be a part of this organization called USAU. They help get together tournaments such as sectionals and regionals. These are when the actual competitive, you're playing to win tournaments. The other tournaments you are too, but that's to rank in these other tournaments. And it's just a big company that helps out, organizes tournaments. We also play in LA Throwback, for example, beach tournament. You also register through USAU. So it's the national organization that governs most of Ultimate Frisbee. There's a few other leagues, but they also do fundraising to start youth leagues, for example, to get the sport more active in um, younger generations. Mm -hmm. They raise money for low-income areas so that they can get teams going so it's not just these privileged college students who can play. Um, they govern the league that Cutthroat plays in. They govern what we call a Master's League, which is <laughs> slightly older people, <laughs> 30 years old and less, um, and Grandmasters. So it's beyond just college. It's mm -hmm. the, They have a board of directors that's um, elected. They have employees that do the work to... It's an actual profession for some people to run this league. Yeah. Can you tell me more about that kind of outside of the college environment of Ultimate? Because you are no longer on the team, but you're still involved in Ultimate, right? You said younger people play, older people can play. Is Ultimate a thing that exists outside of college campuses? Yeah, that's kind of the best part about Ultimate is you can keep playing as long as you want and maybe can, can physically <laughs> play. So yeah, when I started playing, uh, I'd play during the college season and during the summer, I would play club. So I would go join a team. It's just 
community group or we often would travel to San Francisco and play on a team that would play through a series similar to the club season. Um, you play early uh, May through October and you actually compete in like sexuals and regionals. Um, but it's folks that are 18 through sometimes 35, 40, depending on yeah how physically able you are to keep playing at that level. We also have a Reno Ultimate community here that has leagues and we have had folks that are 85 playing in our league. So it's uh, a really incredible way to have a diverse group of folks coming out, people that are bringing their children out to come play and like see the sport being played. So there's just so much opportunity around us within our community, but also just a couple hours away, we play pretty frequently. So there's also the professional league, AUDL, which is the teams and players who actually get paid to play. It's not as much as all the other sports we watch on TV, but it's better than us who are paying to go to these tournaments. So there's teams like Oakland. They have the Oakland Spiders. I think they're San Jose now. But there's all these teams, and they compete, and they're like pretty much like MLB. It's AUDL. It's the professional league for Ultimate Frisbee, which is cool. If people want to get to that level, they have the option. They're like, oh, I could work towards playing in the AUDL. And I know many Frisbee players are like, that is my ultimate end goal. Do any of you have aspirations to play at the professional level? I didn't hear a lot of immediate no's, which I take to be somewhat of a yes, right? (laughs) There is actually, they only just started having women's professional teams a few years ago. It's really new still, and it's a bit of a battle, as with all women's professional sports, to get attention, to get funding, to get fans to come in. So just as a concept, there's not a lot of women's professional teams in the country right now. I don't know if we have any regionally even. Yeah, we in San Francisco. The hard part right now is the professional sports are competing with this club season, which is currently a higher priority for folks. It has, when you actually win a national championship at a club level, there's a lot of notoriety about it. It's uh, very highly regarded, whereas professional sports... It's not quite there yet. So people are choosing to play club, which is happening at the same time as the professional sport. Um, So once that flips, then maybe there will be more professional women's teams. But it's hard right now. What's recruiting like for the team? You're trying to grow all the time. You're bringing in new players. What does that look like? Are more people taking an interest in it? The biggest thing at college is you want to get out there welcome week. And then you try and, at the club fair, try and, like, throw the Frisbee around, throw it in people's hands, and just get them to, like, know about it. Because a lot of people don't know about it. Um, And, yeah, it's kind of just trying to advertise to all the freshmen and get them out and just to try it out. And you talked a little bit about funding. And I know that as a club sport, you don't have necessarily as much financial support from the university (laughs) otherwise. Can you talk a little bit about the funding of the team and kind of how that works and whether... It's a challenge being a club team rather than otherwise. Can you talk a little bit about the the funding and how you how you survive? Yeah, funding is really hard. I know when I first started my freshman year, we had pennies, probably maybe twenty dollars to our name. Um, <laughs> but actually, thanks to Black Rabbit here, or with our connections through that, with Amy, with Piper over here, they've really helped us gather quite a lot of funding. The Frisbee community is amazing. They have real jobs now. In college, you don't have real jobs. They can actually support us with a little more than $20, which is nice. So they go a long way. We also do crowdfunding. If anybody wants to look it up, if anybody wants feel the need to donate at all, um, just, <laughs> just look up UNR Women's Ultimate Frisbee Club Funding. Make sure it's for UNR, not some other 
random club team or college team. And you can donate any amount you want to our team. And it goes towards uniforms, gas, just anything we need to get to our tournaments, to have fun, play, get new girls to join who don't have the funds to play. We love to help out the community. And we've definitely got a lot more funding in the last couple of years. Yeah, Ashlyn's done a great job at that. I will say that one of our competitors, Chico, pays their coaches. What are they, 500 bucks a semester, something like that? They pay their coaches to come coach. One other challenge for the club team at UNR is club teams are really low on the totem pole for field space priority. We play at the intramural fields on campus, and we have to fight with the intramural leagues that have all the Greek life coming out, which is fun to see, but we kind of just want our field space. Um, We have to fight with the football team. We have to fight with the actual school team. So the team has... I think since its inception, played at 8.30 to 10.30 at night on Monday and Wednesdays. And as a grown adult with a job, it's hard to get out there and coach at that time of night. So that's another non-funding, but just accessibility challenge that the team faces. You mentioned that the team's name has changed several times since its inception. Currently, the team is called Black Ice. Can you tell me about the current team name? Why are you called Black Ice? And are there any previous team names that you particularly enjoyed? Or what was the team name when you first started? Can you talk a little bit about the name of the team over the years? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the original team name was No Dice. Uh, just trying to bring in that gambling theme. I don't know why. <laughs> it was a weird name. Just terrible pink jerseys. They were the worst. They were awful. They were awful. Um, and it was a little bit negative, so we switched it to Boomtown. So Boomtown was the next iteration. Yeah, seemed like a really cool jersey. Have a giant explosion on your jersey and truly have no idea where that came from. Uh, We have very bad team names. (laughs) So I think Black Ice is probably the most appropriate. And I'll let them talk about that because I was not a part of it. (laughs) Yeah, we're actually kind of missing the generation that named the team Black Ice because that was right after I graduated. But it was kind of Boomtown represented an era of the team that was starting to be consistently have more than seven players and be able to play the sport and moving away from being more of a for fun team into more of a competitive team. And the players at the time felt the need to rebrand a little bit. So they decided Black Ice was appropriate to the area and in its own way terrifying. So I guess that works. Yeah. Well, I always like to leave time for Q&As. We have a lot of folks in the crowd tonight. So it is audience question time. Mary just looked very nervous about that one. I don't know. So audience questions, if you have a question, come on up. I'll hold the mic up for you. You can ask away. I see folks. You look like you have a question. <laughs> I see you looking. Come on up. Welcome. Tell, tell us your name and then, and then ask your question. My name is Marcus Fredrickson. And what is the most embarrassing thing that happened to you on the field? <laughs> um, this was actually on the club team at regionals with Cutthroat. We were playing in Arizona. I was playing defense against, I don't even know what team it was, doesn't matter. There's a thing called a Callahan. A Callahan is when you're on defense and you can catch the disc in your own end zone to score, which is a turn on the other team. Instead of catching the disc in this super floaty little throw, I slap it into the ground at a game that I believe we lost on Universe. So that is my dumbest and most embarrassing. As soon as it happened, I looked at Katie and Warren, and they were both heads on the ground, 
they were kneeling in just disbelief that I did that. So yeah. Well, Mary can't be the only one with an embarrassing story. That's not fair. So someone else has to share one too. Actually, I think I have a lot of embarrassing stories, mainly because I think we were just always tired. (laughs) When you start a point, you start on either end of the field and one team pulls the disc to the other end of the field. And I was pretty good at it. And so I would typically pull the disc, but I was also a wild card. And I think one time I threw it not forward, but directly sideways and hit a team member. <laughs> so it was really bad. Yeah, how often do you get and hit I in the, head in the, the frisbee? Face. I guess that's another yeah. question. Is that, is that a regular occurrence? Well, yeah, my embarrassing story was forget not clapping my hands together and the disc going straight into my eyes in the exact same game that Phoebe threw and hit someone. Uh, and it gave me a fat black eye. So I had to run around with a black eye the entire time because I didn't put my hands together. So that That's was, what we, did was embarrassing. we did a lot of embarrassing things. We weren't very good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so. is, is ultimate a less dangerous sport than other sports as far as injury likelihood? Or I'm seeing a lot of shaking heads up we here. We had a lot of broken arms, fingers, concussions, ankles, broken legs. It's... Just a list of all the body parts. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, ACL, yeah, still athletic. How do you, uh, I mean, I guess all sports have a risk of injury. Like, How do you worry or how do you take care of the issues of of safety in a a sport like this? Or is it just comes to the territory? We actually just had the beginning of this with the college team because they just had their first tournament. And a tournament we didn't really talk about, but a tournament in Ultimate Frisbee is all weekend long. You play three to five games in a day. A game is an hour to an hour and a half long. It's a lot of playing, especially if you have a small team. Phoebe and Morgan and I have played on teams that are it's called Savage, which is seven people, which means you're playing the entire time by yourself. If you're not used to running, if you're not used to jumping, if you're not used to wearing cleats, if you haven't done the work to strengthen your body, shin splints, feet hurt, knees get injured, hips get injured. There's a lot of things that build up over time. So starter stuff for our college players who are new is get insoles for your cleats start doing gym workouts to prepare your body start doing track workouts to build it up it takes a lot of commitment to do that stuff on top of the midnight practices we do but that's really important can i do real fast we have a lot of frisbee players in the room here at black rabbit right now can you raise your hand if you've gotten a black eye or something similar from playing ultimate frisbee ever it's like a third of the room. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of hands up. <laughs> there's a lot of us. So that's getting hit in the face is pretty, pretty common. Yeah. Oh, and the other, there are other coaches here. All of the coaches are here. Excellent. <laughs> we have more time for Q&As. Who else in our audience has questions for the folks? Come on up. Uh, my name is Lindsay Walterbeek, and my question is, what is your favorite Frisbee memory? The question was, what is your favorite Frisbee memory? My favorite Frisbee memory is our first year at sectionals, I believe. Both the women's team and the men's team both made it to regionals. And we had a giant celebration. We both made tunnels for each other to run through. There's videos of us all jumping up and down. I think it was our first time making regionals in I don't know how many years, several years. And it was just a big moment for both teams. And it was, we both got to go. We both got to celebrate. We both watched each other play. And it was just like, we both had worked so hard to get to that point, and we finally made it together. Honestly, every moment is my favorite moment. I know that's a cheesy answer. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, but actually, the, the best thing about Ultimate Frisbee is the people. I've made my best friends 
from this sport and I joined it on a whim because rugby didn't text me back fast <laughs> enough. So, and I was like, let me try, try this weird sport. And then boom, all my friends in college. Yeah, just every part of it is amazing. I love it. What were you surprised about in the sport when you were coming into it? Was it what you expected or what have you kind of been surprised by as a, a new-ish player? I actually had no idea what the sport was. I was like, "What? I, do you just guys like just pass a disc to each other all day? I had no idea it was so rigorous. I was like, wow, this, this is a lot of running, you know? But it's just an amazing thing to learn and actually learn an incredible skill that almost no one else knows. It's, it's a niche little community, but once it opens up, it's pretty huge. And then you have other friends outside of Ultimate and you're like, hey, let me teach you how to throw. Let me teach you how to throw a flick. Just forehand and it's really difficult for a while but it's really cool any other favorite memories um i was gonna say i don't have one in particular but every tournament we do a dance circle to a song called doses and mimosas (laughs) and it's kind of iconic and we go around taking pickle shots pickle juice shots um straight out of the jar and it's just a really bonding moment for the team every tournament so that's what came to mind for me (laughs) Uh, yeah, the thing that comes to mind was we used to go to a tournament in Vegas and it was always in March and rainy and terrible. But the one year that comes to mind is it was just pouring rain and the entire field was just a mud pit. And the whole game, you were just running around in mud. And by the end of it, you're just covered head to toe. And we couldn't have had more fun. We were just sliding through the mud and everyone was totally in it dressed in costumes i think we were actually like casino ladies so we had little trays and stuff that we were walking around with as well so it's just amazing a terrible situation you could just be miserable being wet and muddy and gross but everyone was just thriving in that moment (laughs) this is a big switch from that because those are a lot of fun (laughs) team bonding like miserable day fun tournaments i'm very self-centered so i'm gonna focus on myself (laughs) for a second my favorite moments in Ultimate, and you can go a long time in between them, but they happen over and over again, is those just peak, I'm such an athlete moments <laughs> when the disc is almost too high or almost too far away, or you almost maybe can get this cool defensive move to work, and you make it happen, and you just feel like on top of the world from an athletic standpoint. It feels incredible every time you make that happen. Mm-hmm. The team's good, too. <laughs> What other Q&A questions do we have? Who else in our audience? Come on up. My name is Jeremiah Howmeter. Um, I just wanted to ask, was there a moment where you decided that this was a sport you were going to stick with for a long time? Yeah, mine was definitely freshman year. I figured out that I'm basically a golden retriever, and anytime you throw something in the air, I'm going to have to go run after it. So uh, I realized this was the perfect sport for me. Everything else I tried to do was just a suffer fest, and this I forgot that I had been sprinting for hours. The second the disc went in the air, I just had to go after it. So it was my my sport. <laughs> I still haven't decided that I'm sticking around. <laughs> so USAU does this annual fee that Ashlyn mentioned briefly. If you're going to play at the competitive level where there's organized and USAU is involved, you have to pay, I don't know, it keeps going up, but 50 bucks a semester is, or a year, I think is where it was when I was in school. And they have this deal where you can pay for a lifetime membership. And basically, if you're going to play for another three to five years, it's worth it. In my entire career, I've joined every year and looked at that lifetime membership and thought, I don't know if I'll keep playing this year. I don't know. And it's been 11 years, and it's going to keep going. So for those of you who are starting, just do it. Get the lifetime membership. You're here. 
What else? Any other audience questions? I see someone right here. Come on up. Hi, I'm Paul. Uh, so culture has been kind of a common theme tonight. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the culture within the sport, but how are you bringing that culture outside of the sport into your normal lives? I think the biggest thing is, like Ashlyn said earlier, all of her best friends in college are Frisbee players. I can also agree to that. All my friends in college are Frisbee players. So I think it's just the community we have on the field is now off the field, and it's just something we're so used to that we bring it no matter who we talk to. We're welcoming. We're like, you should come to this event. We invite people to everything we know. I can't even think of anything else to say, but we just, on the field, off the field, we bring it no matter who it is, and it just transfers because we're so used to the inclusivity and just the love and the support no matter who it is that it just becomes so normal for us to do it no matter who that person is. Yeah, I'll, I'll add to that what you mentioned earlier about just the fundraising and organizing and managing the team. I became a community organizer and worked for a nonprofit after that, and the two were very similar. <laughs> so the act of running a club and having to manage it yourself and keep it going lends a lot to the professional world. And I think that for anyone thinking about joining club team or any type of club at UNR should do so um, because that's where a lot of my professional experiences come from in my life. And then secondly, I've moved around and anytime I move to a new town, I know that if there's a Frisbee team, I have friends. So having a community with something outside of work um, becomes really important after you leave school. And having the ability to access that, I moved to Colorado and I was like, everyone here knows what Frisbee is. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I had so many friends. It was amazing. So you know that those people are going to be, I don't know, they're going to fit a certain mentality and it has always really worked for me. So I've had far less friends since I left the Frisbee community and that's my one regret. <laughs> uh, on that same topic, you talked about kind of how the experience of Ultimate has helped you in your jobs and you've taken kind of the skills and the teamwork and the camaraderie out into the world outside of Frisbee. Can any of you talk a little bit more to that of kind of what you've gained from this sport and from this team that has benefited you outside of just the sport and the team? Yeah, I mean, the amount of times I've talked about Frisbee on my resume and in interviews is ridiculous. And I feel very annoying when I keep bringing it up, but it's so relevant. Being a captain, being a coach, the amount of times I've had to do conflict resolution with teammates and I've had to like just engage in like a professional way of being a manager and trying to make sure that folks feel included and heard is like you kind of get thrown in the fire when you're a captain you have no you know you don't have training in that you don't have training as a coach but you just have to figure it out and trial by error it just happens and many many years of doing that it translated very well into my first management job where I realized these similar things are happening and I've actually had experience doing it and I can actually relate to those situations. So super helpful. And I didn't realize it, but now it's like, it, yeah, I can't stop talking about it. <laughs> For folks who want to support the team who maybe are not ultimate players, maybe they're not likely to be recruited to your team. What do you have coming up? Can people come watch you play? Can people donate? Can people participate? For just the average listener out there, what do you want them to do or take away from this conversation? Yeah, I think I mentioned it before, but we do have a crowdfunding page <laughs> for everyone out there. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes for that one. <laughs> Great. It's awesome. It goes directly to the team and all the women, all the people who can't really afford to play at the moment, but we still really want them to just 
any opportunity we can. Black Guys has an incredible Instagram page right now where they post updates on tournaments, especially sometimes on other team activities. Piper, shout out, starting the Instagram and doing an awesome job with it. But it's it's really fun to watch. You can follow along with their tournament results. You can see some of the lovely faces and strong, strong sailor muscles that make up the team. And they, they love to see people following them and encouraging them there. Also, whenever we do hoodies and we do merchandise for the team, it is not just open to our team. It is open to the community. Men's team players have bought our jerseys with their own names and numbers on it. We do hoodies. My parents wear them to every tournament they come to. It's a thing that if you want to purchase, you can do. If not, there's other fundraising things that are usually posted on our Instagram and other social medias we have. Excellent. Well, thank you all so much for being here. Thank you. Let's give a big round of applause to Black Rabbit Mead for giving us this space through these episodes. Piper's back there behind the bar. Sorry you couldn't be up on the stage. And thank you, audience, for being here tonight. This is such a great crowd. I'm so glad that you came out to support. I, I know a lot of you are Ultimate players. Thank you for coming out to support your fellow Ultimate players. Give yourselves a round of applause. And of course, thank you so much to our guests for this live episode of Reno Heights. I'm so grateful that we were able to have this idea of having the ultimate conversation on the stage at Black Rabbit. And I'm so grateful to all of you for being on the panel and sharing about what you do. Thank you so much. Let's give them a big round of applause. And that's it. Black Rabbit is still open. So hang out, have some drinks. Uh, ladies are going to come down and hang out and we'll all chat a little bit more about it. Thank you so much for being here. Listeners, thank you for checking it out. Again, you can learn more about the uh, Black Eyes team on their Instagram. What's the Instagram name? UNR Women's Ultimate. Check that out. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And special thanks to the folks from Black Ice and at Black Rabbit Mead for giving us a space to record this and other live episodes. Again, I'll be back with new full episodes in January. I'm looking for future guests, so shoot me an email. Connor, C-O-N-O-R at renoites.com. And be sure to follow me on social media. Instagram is my most common social media. It's at renoites on Instagram. Feel free to shoot me a message and stay in contact on there as well. That's all I've got for you this week. Have a good one. Bye.